Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. In this episode, we sit down with my friend Preet at Soulcraft BJJ and find out how he's trying to change the game. As usual, I learn a little bit about geography and we talk about what's great about Estonia. We talk about the evolution of Preet's martial arts journey. We talk about tattoos, forest training, and why Preet is so frustrated. If you haven't already heard of him, make sure you listen to this podcast and then find him and go train with him. Thanks everybody for listening. We really do appreciate the support. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Tortuga Soap Company. Everything you need to keep you clean and smelling good, tortugasoap.com. Enter the discount code PODCAST and get 20% off your order. Also brought to you by Port City BJJ. Home of the Great Northeast BJJ Podcast, located in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Come train with us. We love visitors. We'd love to have you. And if you want to stay on the mat injury-free, make sure you check out BJJPrehab.com. Enter the discount code TORTUGA and get your first month free. Also, if you're in the market for some handmade jewelry, go to BeautyToBeast.Etsy.com. Enter the discount code Riddler and get 10% off your order of handcrafted jewelry made in New Hampshire. Shout out to Soulcraft BJJ in Hamden, Connecticut, and our friend Brad for putting us up and always inviting us down to all the cool stuff he does. Make sure you go visit Brad. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate the support. Hope everybody's doing all right out there. Good training, everybody. Peace. Welcome, man. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Um, what can go wrong? What can not? Pretty much everything on this podcast could go wrong. Um, so, for those listening, I'm down in Soulcraft at Brad Wolfson's place. Um, we did. We're doing a two day seminar camp with Preet. Preet, how do you say your last name? Mikkelson. Mikkelson from Estonia. No, it's, it's not Mikkelson. Mikkelson. No, it's actually that's what English. Uh, Speaking people have a hard to uh, pronounce his age. Michelson. Mich. Yes. Michelson. Michel. Pre Michelson. And now it's K also. Michelson. Pre Michelson. <laughs> 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 this is good. This yeah. is important, man. Yeah. Um, last last episode, I think I got a geography lesson from my friend Swedish Steve. Like he's trying to explain to me how Cyprus is Greek, but it's not Greek. And I had a hard time, like, okay. because it's like, he calls himself the Greek guy, but he's not like, but he's like, no, Cyprus is not Greece. So, you're from Estonia. Yes. You were born there. Yes, I'm. A, <laughs> I like to also say I'm an islander. So there's the Estonian biggest island. So back in uh, Soviet times, it was kind of, let's say, jokingly important to to separate yourself from the mainland and the island. So I'm a, my mom and dad. They were, uh, my mom is and my dad was, uh, pure islanders. And so I'm a kind of generation that, that was born there maybe, but I was grown up in a mainland. What's the name of the island? Saarema, island of, island of the Vikings. Yeah. So yeah, you can look it up in history. We had really <coughs> awesome military stuff and we were kind of feared. And we, that's one of the legends. That's why Stockholm 
That's why Sweden capital moved to inland because of us. Ah. Because there was a lot of war going on, but one of the legends is that the Estonians pillaged so so much the, because usually capitals were near the sea. Mm-hmm. And then we, well, let's say we or everybody else also, I guess, or they pillaged. And so they, that's why Stockholm, uh, uh, Sweden capital kind of moved, uh, moved inland. That's very rare, actually. So behind all those islands and stuff, it's really hard to approach. And there's a, actually a story about that we took... I, have to, I haven't like, checked this, but that's the legend is we took the gates of the, uh, the, the Swedish capital and somehow they ended up in the San Petersburg. Wow. So I think they're there in a museum or something like weird. So anyway, yeah. So. In St. Petersburg, Russia. Yes. So somehow, somehow they're there, but it's our doings that they're there somewhere. Anyway, <laughs> yes. So, 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 yeah, we're really close to Sweden and, uh, you know, below Finland. And so that's a strategic point. Was... Uh, was Estonia a part of the USSR? Yeah, we got our independence '91. Uh, so I was f- 14 when we got independence. So. It's last night after we talked. I looked it up on the map, and it's same. It is somewhat close to St. Petersburg. Yeah, it's very close. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and right across from what's the what's the big city in Finland? That's right, Helsinki. 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 Yeah, Helsinki. Um, so would you move from the island to the capital? Yeah, like my mom, they got working. My mom is a she's a teacher, was a teacher, German language teacher. So they got you know job and everything in the mainland. So we, I was grown up there, but I was because in the Russian times there was a separate border guard in Ireland between the mainland. So there was some Russian bases. So I, my mom and dad lived already in in Tallinn, Estonia, the capital of mainland or capital of Estonia. So in a mainland, and then. Uh, my mom went to give birth to me in uh, Ireland because, and then I got a stamp in my birth certificate that I'm an Islander uh, because otherwise I couldn't go home huh. because the border guard will always ask for permission and I had to, like a, somebody had to send me a permission that I can go home so she gave birth to me in Ireland and so I had a free pass to go home. Oh, yeah. So, but it was like machine guns and stuff. They always checked our cars. Wow. So it's like a separate border guard between the mainland and island. So it's kind of interesting. So was it a ferry? Yes. What's your What's your favorite part about Estonia? What do you love about it? There's a Ronald, the guy that sweet me here. Then there's a, I think a John Lennon song. You know, not, there's nothing to die for and no religion too. Yeah, yeah. So imagine. And there was an Estonian picture, and that's a there's a sentence about that. So that he, he, I think he was his profile picture. Uh, Estonia is, I like it because it's in a way very quiet, and very lonesome. Uh, I think we have Scandinavian efficiency, precision in some way, uh, and like some way it's Europe more uh, good, like worth ethic. I think in some way, and uh, it's manageable size. And I always love to go home. The more I travel, now it's like I love the way it works. And uh, it's one of the most atheistic countries in the world. We have a lot of, I call it in a, in a complimentary way, I guess, the tree huggers, you know, the spiritual people. Because we are pagans anyway, like uh, history is a pagan, so we you know, went to the woods and everything. But So a lot of people are doing that, but not so much like official religion. So, so I, I like that also, and just how it works. Still, you know, these days some, some things are politics and stuff, and, but overall I like how, how manageable it is. And uh, still, I like the certain qualities there. It's not like, you know, kind of sloppy or something, or it's very high end. 
And sometimes, I mean, it's a very techy country also right now. A lot of startups and a lot of good stuff are coming from Estonia because I think our prices are maybe are lower and the quality is still, you know, a little bit high. Like you would expect like other, you know, Sweden and everything else to be. So I really like the country. And it's, if you look, there's like a lot of forest and it's not so, Estonians are in a history, I guess, like old Estonians are like, we didn't like each other. Uh, what we're saying is actually the best food for Estonian is not an Estonian. And so we are, you know, and this, we, we, we stayed apart from each other a lot. It's like one, you know, country, like a household, and then it's like kilometers away, another one. And my joke is about that's why Christianity had a very hard time to taking us over. Because they never got us together to spread their message. Because we just hated each other. And uh, so, but yeah, so it's forest and land and a lot of swamps and stuff. Not, it's very flat. So I, I like the country. And it's a very nice place. Like in the middle of, in a, a corner of, uh, or in a side of like a Europe. So it's kind of like a, a very nice place to be. And warm enough for seasons, access to the sea and Europe and, oh yeah, I like it. What, uh, how did, what was the first martial art you did? Karate. Uh, when I was 17, kind of, I was a little bit fat, I guess, in the schools, but I played very well basketball, so nobody kind of bullied me. But my dad kind of pushed me and, you know, have to make a man out of you or something. Because I was still, you know, a little bit bullied. And so, 17, I think, uh, I did basketball till end of the kind of main school, we call it. Like, nine, first uh, grade to the ninth, yeah. yeah. So then, uh, go to high school. I went to college. In that sense, it was uh, like a, uh, five years, but you also got an occupation. So I learned telecommunication. So, so but I was in a school that time what, when they said... When my class teachers and everything said mobile phone w- was a project born dead, <laughs> so and then it was yeah. never gonna go anywhere. Yeah, no, no. Wow. And I was there, and then we studied that. Oh, it never takes off. And I was like, okay. After a couple of years, you know, we were just laughed. I was like, you guys were so wrong. Wow. So where I learned to like, let's say, fix television with a kinescope. I don't know how it says in English. Right now, everything's flat, but old, yeah, old, old they had a kinescope. You know, like a certain like. Uh, Old TVs were fatter, you know, uh-huh. they were inside was sort of like a bulb. A tube. Yeah, a tube. Yeah. So, you know, I learned to fix those things. Wow. Uh, kind of like t- all the signals and stuff. So in the second uh, second year, uh, I don't know, I have friends that did Aikido and some karate and, mm-hmm. and somehow I ended up being doing karate. That some school opened pretty close to us and then I went there and I would guess, let's say joking, that I never skipped the class. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of stubborn and kind of introvert in that didn't have any friends anyway so that was kind of my my social area yeah and uh, then my coach died I think in after a couple of years oh. our karate was a mixture of soft styles and you know and hard styles and we did a lot of Wing Chun elements and Tai Chi stuff and so I don't know year by year but I, I ended up doing karate and Aikido same time I have a, like fourth cue in Aikido so four years I think I did it and then I've taught Tai Chi classes Mitro and Tai Chi actually um, what's the guy names also an American guy, uh, oh, maybe I remember that. So that I did that, two, d- two years. And then also, because my coach died, and then we went more like Wing Chun style. So first teacher was from Finland, and then uh, there was a, you know, Wing Ch- Leunting Wing Chun Kernspert, German guy, you know, really a castle and everything. And then German teacher came, they pushed the Finnish guy out, and the same organization. And then uh, under, Finn, under a German guy, then I didn't like them. 
I went to Denmark mm -hmm. because they were also separated from the German. Then I, I quit the Danish guys, went back to Lithuania because more traditional and more I don't know, Eastern European winter. And then it was a pyramid scheme. In, a, in essence, I had to lie a lot to people and I don't know, so a lot of weird stuff. <laughs> and in 2005, February, we ended up leaving. I explained everything to people, what I have to do, yeah. uh, what's the kitchen side, we call it, you know, back scene. Mm -hmm. Backstage, yeah, we call it the kitchen side, mm -hmm. you know, like restaurant, you know, you don't see your front of house, back yeah. house. Yeah, so we, in Estonia we have a saying, like, it's a kitchen side. Uh, so, and then I explained everything to people and then we just left. And then we opened officially 2005, 26th of May, actually that's the day. Wow. It's f officially 14 years of uh, doing now official MMA club. Wow. Huh. So and I actually, well, the best sad story was that people know me. One of my good friends, Donald Pers, karate guy, uh, he actually named me like Preet Mikkelsen and his eight styles or eight different styles because I always switching stuff, you know, <laughs> Aikido, karate, Wing Chun, you know, this and teachers. And I actually thought I never would find one that I actually like because I don't like certain people. That and then some Wing Chun guy, 24 years old guy, was pushing us to like life philosophy. It's like, you know, that's not your job. Yeah. So I kind of, you know, contradicted a bit. My friend had a, you know, wife and kids and stuff. And he was talking how to live. He was teaching us how to live our lives or something. So, you know, like martial artist teachers should be teaching other people. But, you know, that was not okay in some point. Yeah. And uh, all this kind of bowing and all this kind of respect and after carries bags. And <laughs> I was like, oh, there was some yes. weird, weird stuff going on. I was, I was like, oh, that's not okay. Yeah. And um, but uh, so so and, I, and then I found Jiu Jitsu, one of the Wing Chun guys in Estonia, like uh, other guy that actually was before me and uh, contacted German guys and I had Finnish guys. So we met and Fini uh, German guy pushed the Finnish guy out. So I went under the German guy and his first student was a Russian, an Estonian living, I guess Estonian, but you know, Russian speaking mostly. And uh, he was a former Sambo guy. So, and he was like, okay, Wing, Wing Chun is good at stand-up, but you need groundwork. I was like, okay, I have no clue, you know. And then I saw Sambo and right away I liked it. I had no clue. Usually, you know, you meet people like, oh, I don't like Jiu-Jitsu. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. And then he did some seminars, you know, arm bars and squeezing the midsection with a close guard, you know, yeah. for kidneys and stuff, some crazy, you know, weird stuff. But we started. And then, yeah, in some way we switched from winter to grappling and then, you know, we got access to all the DVDs and stuff and watched that and started on a very, we were our first gym, I think, was a uh, shooting range, uh, like a, in a school, let's say Russian times, school had a shooting range. Wow. Yeah. Go figure, you know. <laughs> and then uh, we had some mats there and then nobody, wa never in those three, four years, but we had never nobody cleaned those mats. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. I, at least I didn't see it because there was some, you know, like a gym match, like a little bit like a carpet style. And your sweat goes in there, you know, yeah, like yeah. gymnast train under them. So, you know, we have some, we have some couple of meters of those and some leather stuff. And I, I never saw somebody clean those mats. Wow. And I'm like, how I'm still alive, you know. Yeah. And we made you tough. Yeah, we didn't have any, like any diseases or whatever. So I don't know. We had a small group also, like three to five people. Uh-huh. So I was, uh, now everybody's uh, disinfecting and, you know, cleaning the gym with all the stuff you clean with. And now we were like, well, we didn't never do that. Wow. And so also uh, I trained in, um, you know, in a gym 
in a school gym, there's a room that you put stuff in, mm-hmm. and like you know, like like horses, you know, jump over them. <laughs> and so, you know, I think in one year we trained in that room. We just put like mats on and we trained there. Yeah. School allowed us. Wow. Then I trained uh, in forest under grass <laughs> in the s- summer because they kicked us out. So wow. three months we trained in a forest actually, literally on on a. The grass got uh, brown. It got really spiky, and then we oh. moved. And then there were circles in a in a in a forest wow. that we just moved over, uh, moved over, like moved over. Grass. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was softer. <laughs> so were you still tra- Were you like training in a kurtka? No, like a, just, just the just more. Really? Uh, no, kurtka was that uh, was more samba stuff. Yeah. So we just had no gi, and you know. Yeah. Uh, but I've been training in uh, wooden floors also in uh, like a you know is a gym, and then there's a cool school has a place when there's a stage mm-hmm. yeah put stools yeah so we also trained that the knee pads and stuff and yeah. we started on the wooden floor wow. and then you know you have bruises on the back and stuff later oh, yeah. because of the wooden floor yeah so i've i've done it done it all like i was the first uh, generation and first guy in that sense and then we got better and you know rented sometimes from judo gyms and and finally long story short two years ago in now in august it's going to be two years we got that you saw that super yeah, duper uh, former squash hall, squash hall and they cleaned it cleared it from us for us and now we have a box is 800 square meters i don't know how many feet it is and its ceiling is almost seven meters and then we have dressing rooms extra plus you know showers saunas coaches room with a jacuzzi and a private sauna and wow. toilets and washing machines and yeah. everything so now we have to now it's now it's so to speak, our own 24-7. We don't own the building. There's below us some businesses also, but but now it's our room because mostly it was like renting times and stuff. Mm-hmm. So now we're doing good. We bought the cage like a, two months ago, saved money. So now the sport is getting bigger and it's it's good times to be there. So I, I, that's my work, but I, let's not call it work. So that's been two years it's been open. Yeah, now in August, it's going to be two years. What's the name of the gym? Uh, 3D training. Uh, 3D means three distance. Very Estonian name. So uh, it's a stand-up clinching ground. So three distances. And training is training. So it's 3D training. Uh, I would even consider it very... Some people call it like very square name. You know, like a... Doesn't, you know, Soulcraft. 3D training. For for me, it's very Estonian name. Very me. Very emotionless. Very functional. Just say what it is. Stand-up clinching ground. 3D training. Stand up clinch and ground training. Yeah. So, uh, soul craft is more like you know soul and craftsmanship, and mm-hmm. you can you can ph- philosophize, philosophize about it. But three training. Uh, so that's been our name, and it's gonna short or three D, three D. You know, it's easy to say. Mm-hmm. So that's been, and our motto is uh, train, playing fight. In Estonian language, it's train, It's very good for a mouth, and it's train, play, fight. Our our motto is that kind. That's of. a good motto. Yeah. 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 I, so, we like to play, you know. Yeah, so your play part is very good. So yeah, yeah. train, play, fight. So. Nice. So. It's in the capital. It's in the capital city. Yes. Estonia. Yeah, and as we, yeah, we're the biggest one. We have over 300 people, 320 plus the people that help us and everything, coaches and stuff. And there's maybe 350 or something. And then we're the biggest, best place. The spring, Clotter Spring Camp was there. Really good reviews. People like, oh, this is so clean, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so that's good. Gonna do it next year, nice. and we have also in Italian we have also Gracie Jutsu, I think, and some one of the Brazilian guys is there. I don't know for how long. There's rumors and stuff going on, 
but uh, there's some small small cells going around that are doing jiu-jitsu for different reasons separately and but capital yeah but we have like i don't know eight nine time boxing clubs but jiu-jitsu is a little bit harder to start it's not like show me an arm bar and i can teach a class mm-hmm. it's a little bit more it's like you learn jab cross and low kick and you can you know jokingly you can open a tie boxing club you know yeah and you you build from there kind of but in jiu-jitsu it doesn't work like that so it was it's hard to i know that other people have wanted to to open the jiu-jitsu club but they tried but they always fail so they failed before so it's it's not that easy to run a club you know jiu-jitsu I mean, club i like to start with a rear naked choke defense that kind of gets all the girls like whoa yeah. <laughs> they want to do that too you know so uh, we're the sport is growing and then uh, like i said the cage gave opportunity now in our gym the only cage in estonia so it's four four open cages competition in our gym estonia national our gym just training in a, in a cage all the time so i think it for mma it gives a boost mm-hmm. for people and it's always good when somebody competes and then people got inspired or somebody takes a risk and goes and it drags people along mm-hmm. you need certain heroes you know that inspire people mm-hmm. so so if you don't have competitions people don't kind of MMA goes a little bit down a little bit while you're training so you need certain heroes that you know even if you don't compete you oh it's good to to see people compete and get inspired <coughs> and uh, so we're having kids and trying to build a female community have female camps in Estonia and we have female actually beginners course for females mm-hmm. in jiu jitsu so very cool so we're kind of trying to build it more bigger and more accessible for most people so you get promoted by my friend chris howder is that track is that correct uh or it's a trick so it's a the history is uh, the, uh, the black belt was given to me by matt thornton yeah yep. that's a spg founder uh so i also got my first stripe from him but uh last year in june i think we it came to that that we had a discussion and we ended up going separate ways for every reason uh i guess i wish them all the best and, and everything but it was a time to go and i guess to my own thing or whatever and i'm doing very good at the moment you know i, I love working with club charters and everything and uh happened to be chris howarter is a uh, matt thornton's coach right actually and chris howarter is club charter head black belt and uh, my six years of being a black belt you know came to be and i asked chris that because I know him before, before Club Trotters. Uh, I know him from US, we met him and then I met him in Club Trotters also. So I asked him like, Chris, what do you think? Like, uh, do you, can yeah, can you give me the honor of, and because the stripes, you know, black belt this maybe means more. Stripes are just, you know, like uh, years and uh, being active. But it's not like, I'm not gonna do like it's, uh, oh, it doesn't mean anything. But in that sense, it's easier that somebody else gives you the stripes, you know that. And uh, Chris was that, and nobody can argue with Chris. <laughs> no. And Chris is very free person himself. Yeah. It's uh, I don't know, no affiliation, no stuff. Just let's do jiu-jitsu and keep it, you know, clean. And Chris was like, he was also honored, you know. And then we did it. That's awesome. So uh, so that's that's about it. So. Who were you originally like? How did you originally get introduced to like jujitsu? I think it was, uh, you know, everybody in my generation that started that uh, we saw the VHS tape, Royce Crazy kicking ass and then was like, what? And then uh, I think because I I went to Finland a lot and then, you know, Alliance was strong in Helsinki back, back in the day. Uh, and then Finnish guys actually asked in some point that 
guys, you want to be affiliated with who? Because I got my blue belt from Alexander Paiva, Alliance, one of the founders. Yeah. But then the other guy, we had some fans, you know, that my students and stuff. And one of the guy, Indrek Rayland, that's actually right now, I think, PhD in philosophy or something. You know, we have a lot of smart guys doing jiu-jitsu and that. But, and he found the Matt's blog. And so, like, a, his philosophy blog, when he wrote, like, big essays and stuff. And then it was a Leibniz blog, when what Matt wrote that was t t talking about that how to train, what's fundamental. The first time I heard anything about it, you know, how to, how to run a class or something. So I will, I will always credit Matt, I guess, for that. Um, and then he was like, no, no, let's, go, let's not go with the Brazilians. Because I didn't like the attitude. The Estonians are never good with authority. If somebody's just acting weird, thinks that he's the, like, uh, you know, I'm the tip of the world, well, I don't like that. I just, I don't know. Uh, and then uh, SPG was all about uh, like being against that movement. Like even the old gorilla and SPG has a anarchy, anarchy signs on a chest. So just more free, you know? Mm -hmm. And then we went with the, with the SPG because Indrek uh, went there and I didn't want to separate our community that I go to Finland, you know, and there. So we would, I trust you and I hope you know what you're doing. And then we went and then Indrek got a blue belt from some seminar from England, from Matt. Mm -hmm. And that was a good sign for us. Oh, we got a blue belt. It was like a god back in the day, you know. And then it, that's how it started. I got my purple belt in England from Matt. Brown belt, in I think, in US, San Francisco. And then black belt for, in Portland, I think. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's the story. And then, in some point, SPG went from, from being very unorganized and being kind of like our chill stuff. They changed to be more business-like with all the Lloyd Irwin things happening and everybody kind of figured out that we can do a business here and so they changed then and in some point I got we got a little bit help but uh, like I said ended up we're being separated uh, and we yeah so it's a, it's a lot of history there but uh, yeah they made some choices that that were not maybe didn't agree with and and uh, I don't mind you know it's 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 what it is, it is what it is but uh, that was kind of how we got involved with them because even, you know, John Cavan has been in Estonia, a lot of SPG camps have been in, actually been hosted by Estonians in Estonia. Carl uh, Danswell, late Carl Danswell was in Estonia. Gunnar Nelson has been in Estonia. So Matt has never been in Estonia, but we had some SPG camps and stuff. So, so yeah, we were part of that and it was, it was fun. And then uh, now we're doing something else. So. So you are kind of totally doing something else, like with your teaching style. You're like developing. I have no clue how it started, but I, I can honestly say, just jujitsu is one of the most, one of the most stressful things I've done, <laughs> because it frustrates me. Because I see the, how the what's the word, unlogicality or something. It doesn't make sense, and so I, I, I need to fix it, because I can't do jujitsu how it is. I would quit. Because that's why, you know, posture and everything has to make sense, has to be mechanically sound. And uh, then I can do it. Otherwise, I just have to fix it. And or I have to do something else. Because for me, it's like, if you learn, start to learn guitar, there's a way. You can really go, like, really fast. Yeah, you know the methods and stuff. In Jiu-Jitsu, it's so messy. And it's, there's like techniques and thousand techniques, but that's how, you, that's not how you learn anything in thousand options. Yeah. And always like endless techniques, 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 and then you watch the sport. Well, I don't see them. So why we're we doing them? Yeah. 
And so it always bothered me. And uh, somehow, it all started actually with the grilled chicken stuff. Grilled chicken was my first in, in discovery. Invention would be hard to say, but it was like 2013, uh, super match between Braulio Estima and um, Andrea Galvao. And that was a structure that started it all. I saw what Galvao couldn't pass or had a very hard time to pass. And I was like, what's that posture? And then grilled chicken happened because it's all limbs pulled back. Then we turn it around, it's turtle, then we sit up, up. it's like a panda, you know, butterfly guard, yeah. upright turtle. So and on the ground we're mimicking certain things. So and that's kind of my it's and it works. I'm just I'm a little bit like reinventing stuff. Uh, but also it's not only me because I've seen certain evidence people do play similar things, but nobody's teaching those things or there's something they do or and for me it bothers. But it bothers me because I see a little logic there, so I have to put it all together. So all those things I've seen, you know, Tellas playing, you know, upright turtle, whatever, and turtle, and then I've seen the running man stuff in competitions, and and it's like, well, what's there? Yeah. And I, like I said yesterday, I don't like that, you know, side control. You start with underhooks and crossface, and the mount is ready. You don't do that. Mount already, like you know, underhook and crossface. Yeah. Mount is different. So why they're different? So why is nobody saying this? Like. You see, it's, so it's like black and white. Why we're doing this and that? So it doesn't make any sense. So for me, it's like just screams at my face. And so I'm trying to, let's say, fix it in a very good, not in a cocky way. And and it seems like people are more and more getting along with that idea, getting bored on that idea. And first, usually I meet also resistance. It's because it looks so weird. But when they roll me and they feel like there's no openings and there's a weird and what it is, what it, they're not meeting frames. So I'm not against frames and whatever people teaching in side control, but it's not the first. So usually the first layer is something different, not give underhooks. And then if I'm in trouble, then I do stuff. So I don't know why I have to change things, but when I do, also they work. And uh, I don't say they work better, but you know that's the first layer. And then you build up. So it makes sense, it's missing. And nobody else kind of, maybe in, in you know, jungles, you know, somebody usually does something, but I don't think publicly nobody is doing what I'm doing. Uh, because uh, for me, people have single positions that they do a little bit similarly. But what I, what I see, what I don't see is somebody has a system. Because I have the movements and stuff, you know, we can move around and it all follows the same structure. And then we do escapes. People usually have single position and then they do escapes. But I'm actually providing a system and that's different I think from anything I've seen and so I, I, that's why I can do what I do in life at the moment travel because there's a niche because nobody is doing or can do anything something that I do because I couldn't compete with uh, open guard players you know teaching like crazy sweeps and berimbolos that's not me there's better guys doing that but in escape area people that's why I have a job. That's yeah. people don't do what I do or can't do what I do, or uh, so I can present this and it's intriguing for many people because because I can actually do it against a very high level. Mm -hmm. uh, guys, and there's definitely athleticism apart. You know, if you put like a world class athlete and then he just puts like 100% strength and stuff, you know, but you have to consider the technique value of that. You know, so. Uh, and then uh, slowly, slowly, people are getting more intrigued. Uh, and uh, so we'll see where, where it goes. But so far, the evidence is on my side 
in that sense it's true it works and then i don't know where it ends up so but we know it works and it helps people and it explains something and that's the scientific process yeah, yeah i was gonna say you kind of use like you you like test it you test yeah. to see if it works if it works the evidence is there so i have to go with evidence whatever however weird it looks because many people don't have that belief i have sometimes like blind belief and people don't do that and they they kind of fall off the wagon mm-hmm. uh, but i have a certain blind belief that it has to be there somewhere and then i have to find it but i lose many people during that process because they don't have that belief but i just know it's there and i just have to find it so certain positions there's just come to me after a struggle turtle uh, i had a turtle guy like eric linden from sweden that i could test and uh, i could figure out because the tell us you know i can't access tell us so it took us two and a half years to figure it out because he was playing the turtle but he couldn't say what it does yeah he couldn't the essence but he, he could just do it yeah. yeah and then he was teaching but he wasn't that and then it took us two and a half years to figure out the elbows were close mm. And then I, if, I, if I said it to him, like, elbows, he was like, yeah, that's what I do. I was like, yeah, <laughs> you got that. <laughs> and then, uh, let's say arm bars, I, I can do very late arm bars escape, like straight arm. Like you have seen, like, Vinnie Magalhaes and Berdo, yeah, yeah? Yeah. yeah? I can teach that to white belts. I did it too. Like, the escapes many times, arm bars. Yeah. So I can teach it because some, it took, us, took me, like, two and a half years, two years to figure it out. Because I've seen the evidence. People do it like Harry Tonon and, you know, Cron uh, Gracie. Right. Verdum and Magalesh. There's many, you know, uh, Sean, Sean Roberts and Keenan Cornelius. There's many, many, uh, many, many, like, uh, evidence that people do that. But we don't talk about it. We don't teach it. So it took us two years to figure it out how they do it. And now it's a system of jab and cross, like a hitchhike side, like a move that people usually use, and then the other side. That, you know, that's like a more thumbs down, but other side. So just I'm stubborn and I see the logic, I see the evidence that it works. I, I need to see the random things. And then it's, it's, if it's too much random things, it's like there has to be something there. Yeah. And then they're going to stick out to me like it just hit me in the face. I was like, oh, oh. And then with the baby bridge, I've seen uh, Pedro Sauer do it, you know. Then Vim was the last straw, so to speak, that broke the camel's back, you know. And I've seen certain things before, like EBI, people do certain things. And I was like, what? And then, like five, literally five weeks ago, just, you know, like the moment everything goes, you, you're back in a moment. You're like, now it makes sense. But everything I've seen randomly during the years, and now we can do it. And it ex- explains so many things. Yeah. And the position, it's like just extension, a baby bridge. Yeah. And uh, it, because it also connects, it fits perfect with our Hicks and Gracie, you know, the bridge that it did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People went like nuts because of that. Yeah, but I was like, that's like wrestling. Like we have done this for years, and why Jiu-Jitsu guys are like, oh, this is so good. Yeah. And now understanding it better, it's not hip up and turn. It's like turning the body, and it's like, uh, so it's just mechanically sound. It explains so much, and it's very hard to destroy. And we have to add this, and it explains so many things. Today I'm going to show also how it explains the guillotines from mount. Yeah. You can't do them anymore. Uh, if you have, you know, you still can do it. It's timing issue, but I will show you how it works. And the way we, uh, you know, in a guillotine in a guard, you usually turn your your back and head towards the opponent and then you grab. Right, right. But now it's wrong. Now it's actually you look into armpit because that's the baby bridge direction. And that that also answers how you counter the Marcelo, Marcelo guillotine because, you know, the high elbow, you can't grab around their shoulders. But if you look in the armpit, you can. Uh, so actually it bothered me a lot because, you know, that's why people go like uh, Marcelo guillotine, elbow up. 
because otherwise they grab your around the back and they stack you. So that's why elbow is there, you know. But when you do other stuff like a like a, a baby reach in a top, then you can't do Marcelo guillotine, and I can grab around your back. I can show you today. So just and for me, just why it is not there. Why I have to be like I'm literally like I'm happy because that's that allows me to do the job. Right. But why the hell I have to be that guy? Why I learn jujitsu without the baby bridge? Yeah. Why? Why? Who is? God damn! Where is everybody else? <laughs> and why? Maybe there's now Pedro Sour DVDs out, or there's like he's also like maybe I'm. I hope I'm wrong, but uh, he's teaching more as Liza. It seems to me like there's some clips still around. It's more like oh this this I do here, and it's not like overall. Like you're teaching free, like a concept. Yes. So I've seen maybe this, but the clips and stuff, and I've seen it's like, oh, this, here I do this. It should be right away, in side control, I'm just right away, Bridge. Why I'm flat anyway? So, uh, so, and sometimes I'm, I'm very happy. It's not like frustration, you know, if, if somebody's listening. It's like, I'm happy, you know, that I'm showing this. And I'm not mad that, you know, that way it's really like to the coaches that I have been uh, under. And uh, usually I call it Stardust and me, my lineage, yeah? And uh, some call it like very cocky because, you know, you have to respect your elders and everything. But I do. Everybody's stardust. So I'm a descendant of everybody, everything I've seen. Yeah. So we're all stardust in that sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We came from this, you know, the space, whatever, and we evolved. And, but so I'm, I've seen so many things. So the name, just one coach that gave me a black belt mm-hmm. would be not fair because I've learned so many things of, from other people that it's not equal. You know, and that, that's why I don't like the belt so much. Because somebody just gives you a belt, that, but 100 people made that guy. And I, I guess it's an honor. Some people have asked me, like, Preet, can I have a black belt under you? you know? Because the way I influence people, and I, I think it's an honor thing. But in that sense, uh, you can't be just under one coach. Like, you have to, you know, cross-train, learn here, there, you watch videos. And it's, it's, I guess it's a recognition, but it's, uh, I think the belt stuff is weird, you know, the loyalty. And now you're, now you're mine. You're one of my black belts, you know. I always do like an exclamation mark, you know, like a, or not, what's the what's the mark? Quotations. Quotation that you know, my black belt. It's kind of it's a joke that uh, I I I my the guy I gave him black belt, Chris Payne's now in UK. I call him, you know, my black belt. Yeah. It's like, but you know, you can't have people under you. You know, you. It's you give. They're good. They want the recognition. I I have. I can give it to them. So. And you're not like, oh, now you have to be mine or something, you know? And if you leave my organization now, it's like, oh, you're crayon. Who cares? That's like crazy. So I could talk to, man, we could, hopefully we'll get a chance to do this again because I could talk to you. I got way more stuff that we've already talked about that I'd like to talk about, but it's time to, uh, we're going to go do, finish this training today. Um, tell, tell, tell us about your tattoo, though, because I think it's cool and it's meaningful. Uh-huh. So this uh, first is why so serious a joke face like a, uh, a, a new Joker so to speak a Heath Le- Heath Ledger Heath Ledger yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so uh, I've always heard that it towards me treat uh, why so serious because when I'm relaxed I actually <laughs> have, have a very like very angry face my mom like also she can have like you know teacher but when I'm actually relaxed and listening and concentrating I look very angry. And people have uh, like, why are you so serious? Why are you so? Angry? And I was like, no, I'm happy inside, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the very, very good, you know. The haha joke would be Estonians. We got occupied, you know, by Russians, so we learned to be happy inside. 
because you were if you were too happy outside you went to you got sent to Siberia you know so we we learned to be very happy inside you know yeah. laugh inside yeah. yeah so and so that's why you know that that tattoo I did it in Portland actually so I've heard that 10 years towards me why so serious and the other tattoo is I got in Iceland uh, is somewhere someone is working in a factory and people usually read it they go like what 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 is so weird but uh, so that tattoo represents that uh, I should never whine I whine about my life uh, teaching jiu-jitsu for a living and you know traveling and having jet lags and uh, you know going every day in the gym cleaning the gym you know I don't know it's, it's not the hardest life to have gratitude man. yes and then I should never complain because not everybody can literally do what they love and I never not one day I go to work I just I like to go there yeah uh, so that's to be like you know never never whine never compl complain what you have yeah uh, because people are not so lucky so to speak yeah. but I, I mostly I'm, I'm thinking about you know those people working like a, a cent an hour somewhere in the factory yeah, yeah. Because you know, my mom was a kind of factory worker by having being a teacher and stuff. Very hard life to have. Uh, always remember her like you know, eight, 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 eight hours in a school fixing notebooks, you know, feeding us, taking care of our kids. Always being in a kitchen kind of. So very factory working like. So yeah. So I would never forget that what I can do. You know. Yeah. So so it's it's a it's a reminder of that and you know. I like it. I yeah, love it's it, man. cool. It's gratitude. Yeah, an hour definitely isn't enough for a podcast. No, dude, yeah, we'll we do could, it again. We could do this. We're coming to, we're going to Estonia. We gotta go to Estonia. <laughs> I was actually amazed at how many people came to Estonia for shrimp camp from America. Uh -huh. uh, we had like a couple of weeks ago, yeah, the club tour camp in Estonia, my gym. There was, 20, some of them actually lived, I think a couple of them lived in uh, Europe, uh -huh. but maybe they're born or something in the in States, but there's 23 people from US came to our camp. Very cool. So I was like, bro, you took a traveling, you know, like, yeah, uh, it's, cool. it's not easy than, than, you know, Estonia, not in Europe, so to speak, you know, like a um, center Europe, but it was, it was very cool. So, yeah. So let's, uh, let's, I guess we have to finish it up and let's, let's do, do that as this defense stuff that, that uh, we did it la la yesterday. So mm. we, we now specialize it more. Let's do like uh, pandas and running mans and turtles. Sounds great. Baby Can't bridges. Wait. Yes. Thanks, brother. Yes. Looking forward Thanks. to it. it was great. You're welcome. All right. Let's do it. Yes. <laughs> Kids class. Bye, everybody. <laughs> bye, peace. bye. Peace. Love, peace. Yes.